Christmas. It's like playing at the, the San Siro. I've been there once. I love it. Spectacular. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I really, this stadium is, is special. Uh, if I had to choose one stadium that I, I love and I would play always would be the, the San Siro because it was my first big stadium and I just, I just loved to play there every second, really. The official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now. Paul, we're joined by Mateo Kovacic, someone with uh, an incredible footballing CV. You know, we're going through his his career earlier, researching for this, and you realise he's played with some of the best players and at some of the biggest clubs. I mean, that must be exciting for you to sit and talk to somebody with that, that uh, CV. Yeah, I was super excited with signing him in the summer. You know, four Champions Leagues. Oh, yeah, there's not many, not many people that can say that. Um, you know, his time at Chelsea. Um, you know, I've always felt when I've watched Matteo that. Especially with Croatia and and to Milan, Real Madrid, that he was he was better further forward in the midfield. You know, I think a lot of people pigeonholed him at Chelsea because he was played as a six defensive midfield role. I've always seen him um, driving through the lines. So it'll be interesting to ask him about that time and what he feels his best position is as well. And obviously, it's, um, moving from Zagreb into Milan, which must have been huge at the time, and how how he integrated himself into that changing room, and then from into Milan to Real Madrid and just. Um, a changing room full of superstars, you know, and it must have been tough. He is a fantastic player, isn't he? He'd take the ball in tight spaces, he, he always seems to keep possession. Um, he's a really, really good footballer. It's interesting with Croatia in general, the population of less than four million, but they punch well above the weight and they produce players of real quality, don't they? They do, and he has top quality. I know, um, you know, Luka Modric, it was asked, I think, about six months ago, just before the World Cup, when he retires, how are Croatia going to handle it? And the one player he picked out was. Matteo Kovacic to take his reign, so so that's um, that's something to live up to. But just shows you what his teammates think about him as well. It's not a bad recommendation to have from Luka Modric. Is it? He was one of the best players we've seen, uh, aside from Messi and Ronaldo, who kind of um, they're kind of freaks of nature. He's got to be one of the one of the top two or three players of the last sort of 10, 15 years. As, hasn't a, it? as a midfielder, he's for me, he's, he's the top midfielder in, in Europe and world, world football in the last ten years and. You know, so for Matteo to play alongside him, learn off him as well. Um, but to have that um, acknowledgement from Luka Modric isn't isn't a bad thing. What have you made of his start at City? I think he's been fantastic. You know, and what we said at the start about integrating into changing rooms. You know, it looks as if he's been here. Where historically, it takes players a little time to settle under Pep. Um, the pre-season games, and the first few games before he picked up his little injury, and um, he looked as if he'd been here for three or four years. And you know, that's. That, that, that's high praise because um, we've seen other players have openly said that it's took them time to adjust to it, but he comes in and looks as if he's been here for years. Okay, here it is, the official Manchester City podcast in conversation with Matteo Kovacic. Picked up by Sterling, Sterling advances, great tackle Kovacic, brilliant from him. I want to start right at the beginning. This is what we do with most of our guests on the on the podcast. How well? How was life for you as a as a child, and and how did you get into football? Uh, straight away, I think uh, I loved the ball since my my first days. And uh, when I started to go to nursery, uh, one of the kids realized that I'm pretty much better than the other ones, and he told his mother that there is a guy that is very good. So the mothers speak between each other and then my mother took me to the first training session and since then yeah I stayed in football and I think th now the kids they ask us questions what would you do if you want to be a football player 
I really have not the answer no because idea. this was like the, the only option in life and thanks to God uh, it, it got realized. When you say you, you loved the ball, was it just a, a natural connection with it? I mean, you can actually see that in the in the way that you play the game today. You, you know, you you um, you love the ball, you love possession of the yeah, ball and yeah. you keep hold of it. But as a child, was it just this very natural connection to I that? I think so, yeah. Just natural. Everywhere, really everywhere I went, the ball was, was with me. Even when I went to bed, I had uh, sleep with uh, with footballs, so it really was the only option and the only thing I, I loved uh, having the ball, playing with the ball, and like I said, uh, it's it's really an, a gift of God to be able to to provide for my family playing the the, the sport and the, the thing you love. Was there a particular moment in your development where you thought? I can do this full time professionally and and make a good living. Was there was there a game or a, or a, somebody a coach in your life or was there a moment where you felt that? I never felt like uh, at exact moment that I could live of it because I never I never thought that football is my job. It was just uh, the love and I never thought that one day I could be living of it, just uh, to play it and to be professional in in some way and then let's see how, how it goes but luckily it went uh, very well and that you that you can be able to like you said to provide for your family doing the thing you love is really uh, a pleasure and an amazing feeling does that sound like anything you know your experience with that natural love of football and and that kind of thing yeah. is that how it was for you i think some um what matteo said there he, he'd never seen it as a job through, you know, yeah. it was the thing, and very same coming up in Scotland. I knew nothing different than than playing football. That was everything I wanted to do. And um, obviously going down to Arsenal as a young kid. Even then, I didn't I didn't see it as a job. I just loved doing what I was doing. Um, and you know, football it's it's a special thing because it it brings out different things in different people. And to be able to go and do it for a living, it's, it's something that's special, and you never take for granted. So you moved from Croatia to to Inter Milan at quite a young age. What was that experience like? That must be quite tough. Yeah, first of all, I I moved from Austria where I was born you were to born Croatia there. when yeah. I was when I was twelve, and then yeah, when I was eighteen, I thought I will not move so quick to be honest because I loved I loved the life in Zagreb and to be close to my family and friends, but uh, when I was eighteen, the club decided that the offer was was good and that I had I had to move on, so I went to Inter, which is never easy for a for a young kid to to live the family everybody and go go play in a league where the pressure was straight on but uh, really enjoyed my my time there and yeah like i said before luckily it went all all good and what was that like going from zagreb to a club like inter milan walking into that changing room the first day as, a, as an 18 year old difficult yeah, right? yeah, yeah because you come as a kid you watch these players on television then i came straight in and it was the last day of the winter uh, transfer window so like it was, there was no preparation straight in and straight to the to the games and what was not easy i remember my my agent uh when when we came into the room and we signed and everything he just told me now go into your room and cry which i said Phew. and it really happened i just went into my room and like all the emotions, the emotions uh, came yeah. out because you know it's it's nice to go to a big club but still you you have emotions for your friends family and you will now not see them for a long time so it's it's not easy, but yeah, uh, it's it's football, and you have to move on. What's it like playing at the the San Siro? I've been there once as, I as love a fan. It. Spectacular! Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I really, this stadium is is special. Uh, if I had to choose one stadium that 
I I love and I would play always would be the the San Siro because it was my first let's say big stadium and I just I just loved to play there every second really. Yeah, it's a beautiful stadium as well. Isn't it, it is. City is beautiful. The club is amazing. It's really, it's, and the, the people as well. The Italians they are so passionate and really I really loved it there. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you because Pep often says you know he played Pep played in Italy for yeah. for a short period uh, obviously played in Spain and he says in England the the pressure is not not the pressure but the the intensity of like the press and the fans and and the culture around football is less here he actually prefers it it's a bit more relaxed and and that is that would you share that given you've I been in Real Madrid yeah, into, I, yeah I agree with him 100% here is like the people that's so nice uh, they respect you for like you are the football player and they respect you for, for that. And in Italy, it's like a lot of pressure. If you don't play good, uh, you're not allowed to go to restaurants. I mean, you're allowed, but better oh, don't do it. Yeah, better stay <laughs> yeah. at home. And if if there is a tough moment, the fans, they can come to the to the training Train ground and have yeah. a little bit of like argument with the players, which, did which that, is did okay. Did that happen? Did that happen? Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I was at Inter where it was a rough period. Yeah. We were not so good in the league, like finishing seventh, sixth, fifth. Inter was used to, to win. And so it's not it's not easy, but I grew up with that, uh, with this pressure. You have to be always uh, on top and that's how it is. Uh, so did nothing you strange. Because you, you were at City when City was struggling a little bit. Yeah. Certainly more than that's been seventh. Like if we'd have been seventh in the yeah. league, we, we would have been very we'll happy. the channel. Did you have any fans coming to, to Main Road and having it out with you? Or Yeah, a few times. I mean, I remember the the old, old training ground at, at Platt Lane. Um, it was a, well, it was a community pitch. It wasn't even the club's own training pitch. Oh, really? Yeah, and if we'd lost on the Saturday, the fans used to come on the Monday yeah. and literally stand from here to there with the training pitch and let you know exactly what they thought about you. Good. Um, you were one of them, I think. So we look at, you know, we, we went through your CV before, um, obviously in, in, in research for this, and you, you've, you've had quite an amazing career. And obviously you, you, after Inter Milan, you go to Real Madrid. What's the pressure of that like? Because everyone talks about Real Madrid as being kind of probably the biggest uh, in terms of pressure. Did you, did you find that? Was it the intensity? You feel the pressure in training as well. Really, it was like this club is all about winning. It was like winning, winning, training, everything, but you need to win. And maybe in my career, I would have chosen a different way probably if I need to go it all again because I went straight from big club pressure, big club pressure. I didn't have like the... For me, for young players, they need to grow, you know, to yeah. grow, to go maybe to a league that is not so tough, let's say, and then go, go step by step. I went from step one, step Bang. five straight, but yeah. it's it's what it is. But yeah, the pressure there was really was really big. And uh, I luckily at that time, we won everything in, in three years. So so it was nice. But when, when the moment is tough, you can feel that the, the pressure is on and the stadium is is as well you i think you saw it now as well when you played it's, it's when, amazing yeah it's yeah. really so loud in there isn't yeah. it yeah yeah but i think to be honest now the city has this like aura a little bit like like madrid used to have it in in this in these years where they won three champions leagues in a row i i think city can get to a stage where it's the same you know now when you also play not perfect you win the games because you are just uh, you have like the it's experience yeah, yeah well, you it? just have the power and city is winning a lot in the recent years so i think now they can do the same in europe as well to, i think to dominate why not some of the best atmospheres over the last couple of seasons have been champions league nights as well yeah. 
Yeah, I think the City fans realise yeah, realise that they're there now. You know, I think previously because of where we were and where yeah. we came to, it's like we didn't belong. Yeah. Whereas now, I no. think the fans. Yeah. I think when you play at the Bernabeu, you can uh, you can tell when it's a league game, when it's a Champions League game. It's yeah, big big difference. And what about Ronaldo playing with Ronaldo? Because obviously he's so good. Yeah. Do, do, is it a case when you're playing with somebody of that quality? It's almost like cheating a little bit, isn't it? Because he's so good. Is that, is that what it felt as a, as a player with him? It was like these players there in, in these decisive moments, they are there, you know. We are all very good players at this level, but there are, there are players that Haaland, De Bruyne, just in these moments where you need them, they are there. And I think this makes a difference from a top player to the... To, to this kind of players, well, the, big, the big players, the top top players, turn up. Yeah, in, yeah in the big moments, just incredible. Yeah, he was just, just the hunger to to score to win for me was unbelievable because he came from Manchester where he won everything, come to Madrid where he won a lot, and then to to have the hunger every day to improve more and to to try harder. This is what impressed me the most because that's that's unbelievable. What's he like as a person? Amazing, yeah. amazing, really great guy, always there to, to help and I had a very good relationship with him so I can just speak in, in a positive way. And Luka Modric as well, we were talking before, player, I mean, my admiration for him is just like through the roof, he's a beautiful footballer to watch close friend of yours, mm. godfather to your child, yeah. I believe. So uh, just talk to me about what he means to Croatian football. I mean, he's an icon of the, yeah. of the game, yeah. He's the biggest player that, that we had. It's just uh, because also in, from which situation he came, the war uh, when was in Croatia, he like he experienced all the tough moments in Croatia and then that made, made him stronger. So you can see that in the tough moments, he's always always there and he comes out stronger and he's really a role model for, for all of us because to come from the bottom to the top is never easy and he showed that it's possible with hard work and being humble and staying humble. And for me, consistently, over yeah, the last yeah, 10 years, he's been the best, yeah, yeah. the best midfielder in world football. Um, you know, and I don't want to embarrass you, but I heard an interview, I read an interview with Luka Modric just before the World Cup and they were asking him about when he's going to retire from the national team and where they're going to go from there and the first thing he said was Mateo yeah. Kovacic is the player that, that's going to take us on to the next level that must have been fantastic to yeah me. yeah I mean really our relationship is amazing because uh, when I came to a national team when I was 18 he straight took me I was by his side and then I had the luck to to share uh, the same club in Madrid where we spent amazing three years and the family is connected and we really have a, a great relationship so Brilliant. so yeah it's it's really nice to have such a big role model and next to you, you know he was he was the best player in the premier league when he was at tottenham uh, and he used to play in a quite high midfield position then he went to spain he was the best player in la liga in a in a deeper yeah. role i mean that takes some doing doesn't it two best leagues in the world you're the best player and you're playing in different different roles i mean it just shows how how yeah, good he is i think it's also he put now a lot of pressure on on us in Croatia because Modric is now the like the mark, you know. You have to be like like Modric and better. So it's not easy for the young midfielders for me to to now have a, a big pressure to you need to reach this level. But that's and good, isn't it? Stretching, it's good as well it's pushing because you. it yeah. pushes you. So you can take it in both ways. But like I said, it's a a great role model for me and to to try to be 
as close as possible I can is 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 a good achievement and a big big what, achievement. What is it about Croatian and Croatian football? You know, I come from Scotland, small country, small population, yeah. and we never qualify for anything. <laughs> Croatia, small country, small population, but the the talent that you produce is is phenomenal. You yeah, know, it's a finals and World Cups yeah. and and population of less than four million people. Why is it? I don't know. We have uh, a part of the big talent. A part of that we have it. Uh, it's just the desire and the love to play for our country. Really, when now we play in one month again and we have uh, big games coming up to qualify for the Euros, and like the excitement to to go there to hug your friends to meet each other is just unbelievable. And we really appreciate every time we are together and we love to play for our country. So apart from the talent that, thanks to God, we have, I think also the the, the fighting spirit and desire to play for a country. It's From the outside looking in, it looks like it's it's a club atmosphere, yeah, a yeah, club mentality, and not true, a national true. team. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. When we are leaving the national team, we are you are happy that obviously you come back to the club, but you are sad, sad that yeah. you go away. Yeah. yeah. Is there a is there a kind of a description you would give of the, a typical Croatian footballer? How would you describe that? Technically. Technically, gifted, yeah. <laughs> technically, the previous one were technically gifted, not much of defensive work, like free roll number ten, and uh, good passes, uh, assists. This was like a proper football player. But how football is changing, you don't have the number ten anymore. It's difficult to play as number ten. You have to run now. You have to be defensively good. So it changed a little bit. So like, I think that new generation is uh, quite aggressive and technically still good but more aggressive and more more towards running because that's what you need in in, in in football now. And speaking of Croatian footballers, we've got another one here, Joško Vardiol. What do you make of him? I was approached actually by one of the um, biggest journalists in, in the UK when we signed him and he said, you've just signed the best centre-back in, in world football. I mean, how good do you think he can be? I think he Cities did an amazing job signing Joško, especially for for the kind of football city plays he's he's amazing being left foot strong aggressive fast i think he has everything and he if he will have the the head which he has because i i can tell in training and everywhere that he is strong mentally so he can dominate in the next uh, 10 years easily i think yeah he's playing left back a little bit I mean, do you see him as a center half ultimately yeah, yeah yeah i think so he's playing like when we play three at the back he plays on the left side but he can play in the middle as well because he's technically good. So he can learn a lot from from John, I think, because John in, like is amazing. Yeah, how he moves in the middle and as being a centre back, it's never easy to come to the midfield position. How he does it, he's it's made it look easy though, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Pep said he speak. Pep was talking to me about this the other day about John Stones. He said it's because he's open-minded. He said I came to him with an idea. And the reason he's been able to do it is because he's open-minded yeah. and he, he was open to, to try to in this, this new not, role. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell John is a fantastic guy and that's why he's so long at the club. Because it's never easy to be at the at the club long and when you met them you can actually feel why that is so. Because he's humble, works hard and yeah, like you said, open-minded for every idea the coach gives him. What have you made of Pep so far? Because I noticed when we were on tour in the summer, he was in your ear more than any other player, which he <laughs> tends to do with new players. When he go on pre-season, the new players, you can mm. tell he's, he's in their ear yeah. during training and stuff. How have you, how have you found him? It's uh, amazing and tough because yeah. uh, a lot of new things 
and I would have loved to come at an earlier age to, to learn, but it's never never too late to learn. I I think uh, like that. So I'm happy and that I can learn from him and uh, what 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 he tells you. I I would love that somebody told me <laughs> a few years ago, but yeah, now I can still learn and it's really you can tell that he is fantastic. How have you found the move to Manchester? Not just Manchester, but the city and yeah, yeah I mean but from a football point of view, because this is a big compliment to you, because historically over the last few years, new signings, it's took them maybe six months, maybe a season, sometime to actually settle in here to style of football. But from the first game in pre-season to the first few games of the season, with the, the before the injury you picked up, you look as as if you've been yeah, here. You took to it straight. Yeah, two, really, three, four, yeah. five. Seasons. I really enjoyed from the first moment. Uh, it was the first few days to what he wants don't move there go there so I, I like sometimes to run a lot on the pitch go there go there but he told me be more calm easy don't run too much so it was like a little bit of su surprise for me as well and it's it's nice the club you can tell from the first day is amazing the people are great and the city is also nice although Good. there is a little bit more rain than, than in <laughs> London but yeah. I enjoy it really ja now it's just to settle in Finally, we found the house and now to find the school for my little one. So it's always, it takes a few months to settle in, but I feel really comfortable and, and, and nice here. That is nice to hear that you like Manchester because whenever we sign a player from London in particular, well, London being you know one of the great cities in the <laughs> world, you do worry sometimes, but it's nice to hear that we you like it. We as well, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, worried, yeah. but uh, I could miss the opportunity to, to come to a big club as Manchester City is and to be trained by by one of the greatest managers ever so i think i had to to grab that opportunity and to to be a better version of myself what's your um perception so far of our medical team because there was, a, there was a bit of data done that we lost players to the least amount of days last year through injury which is, is not by chance there's, there's obviously a lot of uh, science and research that goes into this what what's your experience of, of that side of things so amazing far? yeah really i had now uh unfortunately a, a little injury where I missed three to four weeks and for me it's never easy to to come back I don't know how yeah how was with you when you were injured me, uh, I always struggle a little bit when, yeah, I, when but, I come back and you've got to be careful because you, you want to come back too soon yeah, sometimes yeah. And you want to rush it and yeah, then, and you, then that, you end up yeah. picking up more injuries and I think sometimes the the medical team have just got to pull you. You've got to trust yeah. them, haven't you? Yeah, that, that's the big thing is having that trust between what they are telling you and what your mind's telling you at the mm. same time because you want to come back as as quick as you can. But we do. We manage to have because Pep has this small squad, high in quality but small in yeah. number. Yeah. But the key to that is making sure that they're fit and available to get on the pitch. No, but we seem to be able to do that. They are we? amazing, really. And as soon as we we finish with the national team. When I opened my phone, first message was from the physios. Uh, how, wow. how did you felt? Is all good? Uh, if you need something, come back the next day to check you. So really, they take care of it. And also the the guys from the the nut nutritionist as well. They are amazing. The cooks are amazing. So really, uh, we have everything here to to be well trained and and healthy. So we look after our play as well here don't we very well good very well. that's good to hear <laughs> yeah it never used to be like that yeah <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's ch i mean it's it's obvious thing to say but it's changed so much yeah. from your Phenom time yeah it's been phenomenal the change in it i mean yeah. back my first spell at manchester city there was uh there was the manager the goalkeeping coach the assistant manager i would love to see how it and the physio <laughs> And the physio, that was it. Four members of staff. There was four members yeah. of staff. Incredible, yeah. 
and the load that the physio Roy Bailey, God bless him, you know what a guy he um, he had to look after the full first team squad on his own. Incredible. You know, um, but then towards the end of my career, it was when the nutrition, sports science no. started coming in a little bit more. But I was I was too old by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you have one physio for one player. Yeah, player, so yeah. Like, yeah. Changed a lot. The, yeah. The we have some questions that we ask uh, every guest. Um, the first one I wanted to ask you was if you could change one thing about football, what would it be? Now, when we first started asking uh, players this, it, it was around the rules of the game, but actually we've just expanded this now to just anything in football. If there's one thing, I mean, it's obviously, it's a great industry. You, you know, you said before, it's it's not a job to you. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's a vocation, you love it. But if there was one thing you could change, what would it be? It's a tough question. Very tough yeah. because I would, I would nothing. You just love it. I yeah. just, yeah. What should I change? I mean, it's just developed a lot, I think, and it's all. A, I think it's too much detail sometimes. Um, like when they show the video clips, it's like, why didn't you move there? So I think it's too much an analysis yes. sometimes, but. It's like what it is. Is just the, I think back in at the time it was not so much. No, it used to be. Yeah. We we at the time thought it was information overload. Yeah, you know, there was too much information yeah, yeah. going into your head to actually try and take out onto the pitch at the same time. So I just preferred to be quite basic. Yeah, yeah. You know, there wasn't too many things going on. Play with instinct. Could just know your job. Just do bits of your job, but play when you go out there. Play with the instinct that, yeah. that you've been brought up with. But I think in the media. There is an overanalysis now, isn't there? But that's because I think that's because the interest in football runs so deep. It's so yeah. yeah. There's no amount of content that satisfies fans. I mean, it's why we're all sat here doing what we're doing today. But it's like that. So yeah, I understand that. that they you can know, find the mistake now in, in every anything. situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that must be quite frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've actually got a question from someone on social media who who said, is there a somebody in sport, so either football or another sport, a young person who we should be aware of who's going to make a, a big impact at some point in the future? These are tough questions. Is there a young Croatian maybe? or you know, I have uh, in mind one guy that is really good and can be, Joško is still young, I think, so he can... He counts. I yeah. think he can really dominate uh, in European football and take, especially in Croatia, centre backs to on another level because uh, we were more, we always were talented playing from the back, but he has something special and how he comes into the middle. So I think he he can be for Croatian people the guy. So he can he can almost change the dynamic of a Croatian defender if he, he'd for sure because that sure. happens doesn't it He's, young people are going to look at him and they're going to then style their for sure, Garrett for sure. game especially on him especially being yeah. a left footed I think yeah. they're always so special yeah. left left footed players especially centre backs uh, when he plays on the left he sees the whole pitch so he can really be uh, and he will be for sure we've also got a question left from a previous guest um, a few few in there just pick one out just of this pick, bowl yeah, yeah. And see what that question is. What do you like about Calvin Phillips? Okay. Guess so that, who asked, so that guess who asked that question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can't guess. <laughs> Kim probably. That was yeah. left by yeah. Calvin. Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, what's your, your really impression of him? What 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 do you make of him as a person? Top top guy. Yeah. Really. I mean, from the first moment uh, when I saw him, he's such a nice guy. And, and actually, I told him I watched his uh, movie on. Amazon, I think. Yes. He has one. Yeah, yeah. And you, yeah, yeah. you can see how 
how humble he is and as well like everybody i mean when i watch him you watch i watch i see myself as well you how you work hard to to come to such a big big club as city and sometimes people underestimate it but yeah it's 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 football and you can see he's just keeping going and He's a, a great guy and a great footballer. Another question we had on social media is, who's the best player you've ever played against? Against? Yeah. Uh, probably Messi. I need to tell you. It's, it's not a answer, isn't it? Yeah. No, I think. But also when I played against City, Kevin is exceptional. I think he's, in terms of uh, midfielder attacking, decisive, and he's... There is not no one better for sure in the last I don't know how many years, so I think these two players are amazing. Yeah. What was your perception of City before you came here? You know, because you obviously played against them a lot, watched them a lot. What 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 did you what what do you think? What are other players saying about our team? I'd love to know that. Like uh, for me, it was always so difficult to play because you don't see the ball a lot. Yeah. And then as soon as you got the ball, there are two three All players, which I love sometimes because this is my strength to come out of pressure and so for me in some way was good to play against City because I like when players attack me but I ha I didn't see the ball a lot against them because they, they are s moving everywhere and keeping the ball so good so always I was thinking would be nice to to play, in that to, to play yeah. there sometimes and yeah, now I have the pleasure you to, got the to chance. be here. Yeah. Finally then can you leave a question for our next guest? We're not going to tell you who it is, but it's someone connected to football, connected to City. If you could just ask them anything, what would it be? Is it a player or not? It is a player on this occasion, yeah. Stuff question. But now, now we had the questions with, with kid like, what's the biggest advice you would give to, to young footballers? So probably... Fantastic. That, yeah. Great stuff. But not in terms of football, in terms of like person, you know. Not, not just football advice, like more how to, to be humble and behave as, as a person. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Mateo Kovacic, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for pleasure joining us mine. on the Man City podcast. Thank you. Great to have you on. Thank you very much. Kovacic comes forward for the Blues. It's a good run from Kovacic. And just ran into a blind alley. This year's are very much in front of him. Paul, that was uh, a genuine pleasure to talk to Matteo there. I really enjoyed that one. How how did you uh, how did you feel after that? Yeah, loved every, every minute of it. You can we all know what a fantastic footballer he is, but what a, a genuine, intelligent guy he is as well. And you know some of his answers. It's it's very very clear that as much as he's um, his CV is amazing, the trophies that he's won, but he just clearly loves playing football. I liked the fact he was asking you questions as well. It was like really getting you involved. He seemed like he had a genuine interest in a what your experience as a professional footballer was like, but also how football and Manchester City has changed in that period in between. It hasn't. When he was talking about obviously the medical staff, and nutrition, and I think he was, he was genuinely interested in what it was like when we used to have one physio, the goalkeeping coach, assistant manager, and the manager. Um, and he actually touched me and said, "I said I would have loved to have seen that." So um, you can tell that. Look, football's been his life. He talks about it from the very start, um, but he just wants to wants to soak everything in. And he told us in no uncertain terms that Yoshko Vardiol is is um, the future of of. Well, he was talking in sort of Croatian defender terms, but probably in world defender terms. Yeah, and look, I think we've seen we've seen seen it in the World Cup before he came to the club. Um, most what we've seen a little bit of him so far is. 
at 21 years old, you know, he's, he's going to be an absolute superstar. Yeah, really impressive guy, like you say. Really enjoyed that one. That was probably one of my uh, one of my favourite episodes. What do you think um, his City career, what the future for him looks like now then, do you think, for Kovacic? Yeah, I, I love watching him play. I do. Um, I think we said at the very start in the intro that um, I felt he was limited a little bit at Chelsea from what I'd seen, seen of him before into Milan. Um, Real Madrid and obviously I watched him a lot with Croatia and playing that role a little bit forward, up a little bit more further and they touched on it yourself, you know, he's, he likes getting taking the ball in tight spaces, he likes driving at people and that's only going to give Man City a different dimension again because we all know how teams like to sit back against us, defend deep, want to stay in there and he's, he's the one player that we've got that can drive as well as seeing that pass between the lines, he, he can break the lines for us as well and he's a super talented footballer. I liked the stuff he said about Pep saying, almost saying to run less and, and be smarter. Pep has a very clear way of doing it. There's that great clip, of course, of Henri when he explains that Pep came to Barca. He ran to the other side of the pitch and scored a goal, and Pep took him off at half time. Yeah. You know, he's thinking he's, he's done a great thing, he scored a goal, but because he wasn't in the area of the pitch that the overall team, you know, the pattern of the team dictates. He took him off, and it, it was a bit like that. Kovacic was saying, I was quite surprised sometimes by Pep saying, don't do this, do do this. But Pep has just a very specific plan, doesn't he? He does, and it must be so difficult. And I think that's his short city career so far. That's why he's, he's been so impressive for me, because we touched on it in the podcast. He's, he looks as if he's been here for about two or three years. Mm. You know, and also interesting what he was saying, he's, he's 29 now, everything he's won. He says he, he wished that he played under Pep Guardiola and came... Um, to Man City about yeah. five or six years earlier because the different player he would have been by now. But every day is a school day and he's still got time to, to, to develop his game, hasn't he? Never stop learning, do you, as a footballer? No, you don't. You don't. And when you're super talented, he's just not a good footballer. You can clearly see he's, he's an intelligent guy. You know, and The information he'll be getting by Pep and the coaching staff, he'll be soaking it all in. I do like that you said how quickly he'd adapted because when we were on pre-season tour, he was just, it was an immediate... He just looked like he'd been there for, yeah. for so long, basically. I remember the first game watching it, and it, literally, as you said, it, it looked as if he'd been there for about three years. And I think everybody, you know, Man City fans, big signing, um, they were watching to see how he's going to settle in, and, and straight away, I, I just thought, wow. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us as no, well. I loved Paul. it. Thank really, you. really enjoyed that. And thank you for listening at home to the Man City podcast as well. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever it is you do your podcast listening. And if you've got any questions for guests, any suggestions of guests you want to see on the show, please do contact us on social media. Until next time, take care of one another and we'll see you soon. The unbeatable official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now.